about many interesting things, one of them for sure about employability and what does it mean for many of us Indian students when we think about our own careers, uh, how should we look at employability, how does universities look at employability and there's no better person to ask, uh, you know, Professor Harina Trajan uh, right away. Uh, thank you Shashi, thank you for having me here, Bangalore and is wonderful, it's a great pleasure to be here. Um, you ask about employability and that's a very important question. Really what you're looking for is a match between the supply side and the demand side. And the supply side as I see it is the students who are seeking jobs. The demand side is employers who want certain skills in their employees. So if you look at what employability means, what you want is a good match between the demand and the supply. And so for employers, there are functional technical skills. So if you're a business analyst, I need you to know regression. I need you to know certain types of machine learning algorithms. So you have certain standard technical skills. That's one part of it. The second part of it are the other attributes that you bring to work. How does that actually happen? You're not working in a silo in some office somewhere. You're actually interacting with people. You're not working in an environment that doesn't change. The outside environment and the skills that are required are rapidly evolving as well. So what you need then is someone who has very good critical problem solving skills. Now this is not specific to any function. You use this in marketing as well as you use it in technology or elsewhere. What you need is someone who has a lot of grit and resilience. There's going to be lots of things that you don't get right the first time. Fall down six times, get up seven times, get the job done. What you need is someone who is able to learn on a continuous basis. Any skill that you learn today is going to be obsolete two, three years from now, five years from now, whatever the shelf life for the skill is. So that means you are going to do the same thing in a different way three years from now. Are you able to adapt to this new environment? Now, on the one hand, if you look at how markets are evolving, there's greater technology, greater process automation, greater robotics that are involved. So the fear, of course, is that human capital will be devalued over time. But what it really means is, and this is something that is uh, evidenced in the latest Future of Jobs report from the UN as well, is that it's not that these jobs are going away, these jobs are being replaced by a different kind of job. So what that means for an individual is that they have to constantly upskill and reskill to stay relevant in the market. From an employer standpoint, that's employability. That's the kind of person that I would want who can constantly give me what I need to get the job done. Right. That's the way I would look at it. 
Fantastic. Very nice way to put it in terms of how the industry sees it and how you see from the lens of even, even the school on what you want to deliver for these uh, companies that you work with. Uh, so I would love to understand, because from the Indian students' context, mm -hmm. usually uh, you know, students are very mindful about the placements uh, of any school that they evaluate. Right? Mm -hmm. They want to make sure that they go to the best schools and the way they measure best is not just about rankings, and probably less about rankings nowadays, mm -hmm. but more about what am I going to do afterwards. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of emphasis that gets placed on the school in their minds. Mm -hmm. Do you think they should look at it any differently? Uh, and if those are the evaluations that they are doing, what are the things that they should evaluate in a school? Yeah. So I mean, I think it's an excellent point, right? Historically, ranking has really been a signal for how the marketplace, which is employers, would view a school. And in turn, by association, the products of the school, which, is the, which are the students. So if you went to XYZ top ranked school, then what you're essentially able to say is that I am of a certain caliber when you come out of the job market, that gets you better placements and so on. Now, you can do slightly better than that these days because most schools actually give you career outcomes. Ultimately, the objective of education, of course, is to gain knowledge. But in these types of programs, especially in graduate business programs, they're closely tied to career outcomes that happen at the end. So most schools would offer you statistics that tell you, I placed 94% of my students who graduated last year within the first three months of their graduation and the average salary was, let's say, $65,000. Right. Now, these are credible pieces of information. This is actual, real data, not some signal that you're inferring from a reputational ranking. Right? Maybe XYZ Top School did well historically, but they're in the decline. So if you go by rankings, you're not quite going to see that because it takes a while for the rankings to catch up to what the market already knows. Whereas here, with outcomes, it's a clear signal. So from a student standpoint, yes, I would like to know where you are in terms of outcomes. But what you really want is a program that is closely tied with market needs. Okay? So one of the things that I would like to understand as a student is, let's say I go into a master's in finance program. How closely is the master's in finance program tied to market needs? So if you're seeking a placement in the corporate finance area, do they have coursework, electives, opportunities, experiential learning that is tied closely to that? Because all of these are surrogates for what you're actually going to get as outcome. Right? This is what is going to help you get the outcome. So it's not just a matter of knowing the outcome statistic, but understanding what your particular path through this program is going to be and how you're going to leverage it. Now, there aren't too many 21-year-olds who know exactly what they're going to do for the rest of their life. So, of course, you take all of this with a grain of salt, there is some uncertainty in, in this process. But as long as you feel comfortable that the program offers you one, two, or three paths, so you go in as corporate finance, but then you determine later on that wealth management is where your sweet spot is. As long as the program allows you to pivot and still gain a meaningful experience, that's a rich program. That's something that I would want to sign up for. Understood. And that also enhances 
their employability because they're passionately choosing something. Exactly. So you've identified a program that is built for corporate finance, which essentially means that their career outcomes, their placement, all of that is catered to that particular track, which means employers are going to know that as well, in turn come there looking for people with that specialization. So the entire cycle or the entire loop of information here is closely aligned to delivering the outcome that you're seeking. Understood. So going back a bit about the first uh, response that we had, which was now in terms of the employability, there are certain foundation skills, there are certain skills that people need to build over those foundational foundational uh, abilities, I would say, or capabilities. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of you know how a school would want to or plan to build these foundational abilities at a graduate school level, considering the Indian students' context of what they go through in India, mm -hmm. how do you think schools uh, or the business schools can operate? Where can be uh, a lot of focus on? Uh, you know, focus in terms of making sure the environment is absolutely thriving for an Indian student. So the, the way we do this actually, you know, we do this for Indian students as well as elsewhere, um, but I think this might be particularly relevant to the Indian student population. Um, two things. First off, we emphasize critical thinking just as a subject because we understand that this is what the marketplace wants. I mean, there are a lot of people who know the basic accounting, a lot of people who know the basic finance. The reason why someone gets promoted is because they're able to think critically on the job. This is not about solving homework problems in the office. This is about understanding new contexts that are coming to you and then reacting based on the knowledge that you actually have. So when you start off a program, and this is across all of our graduate programs, you actually take a class on critical thinking and problem solving. Simply by asking, Here's the problem. How do I start? How do I finish? A large part of it is actually problem definition. So typically it's not here's a problem, it's more of here's a context. You identify the problem and then say, let's say I come up with five different ways of addressing it, five different hypotheses. How do I collect data to support one of these hypotheses? How do I then present it? How do I get stakeholder buying? So that's where we start so that we get people to start thinking along these lines. Now, essentially, every program largely will be able to cover the theory that you need to go out into the real world. Where you see differentiation in programs is how well they're able to bridge the gap between theory and practice. Can I help you take, can I hold your hand as you take the steps from theory to practice, from applying classroom concepts into the real world? This is where experiential learning comes in. Now, all of the graduate programs at Miami Harvard Business School, you'll see have a very, very significant experiential learning com component because this is something that we firmly believe in. We want you to try all of the ideas that you've learned in class out in a real context where the cost of failure is a lot less. We don't want you to learn this on your first job. I want you to learn it while you're still on campus. So you'll see a capstone class typically for every single program where real companies, so in the Masters in Finance program, it might be Citibank. In the Business Analytics program, it might be uh, Deloitte that offers a problem for you to solve. You spend four to five months working on that with a team, 
So you learn how to work with others as well. Somebody has a certain skill in coding, somebody else has a skill in somewhere else. You try and work with people who have different types of skills. Build the tools that you need to actually succeed in the workplace. All of the students in our program actually go through a career success program. And I think this is of particular interest to our Indian students as well. Because the way the labor market operates in the US is, of course, different from how it does here. Yeah. So how you manage your uh, social media profile, how you manage your LinkedIn profile, how do you have conversations with potential employers, how do you network at a speed networking event. All of these things are very dramatically different as you move from one culture to another. So we emphasize a lot of that. We put that into practice. We typically invite our alumni and our uh, employee partners to actually come and teach them how to do it and say that Shashi when you shake uh, shake my hand I'd like for you to do it this way because this is what elicits a better reaction than how you did. Give you feedback so you can learn and approach it the right way. Awesome. I think that would be extremely useful for any student to, yes. to go through that because there's a lot of culture shift that happens mm -hmm. uh, when someone lands in the US and then over that they have to quickly adapt uh, to the context of being employable. Absolutely. The, the entire cycle is very short. If you think of a specialized master's program that runs over a year, you start, in our case, we usually start all of our programs in the boot camp. So you're starting in July and you have until next May. Most employers actually announce their positions for the next summer as early as October. So you have to be ready for your first round of interviews by October, and then of course it goes through the cycle, it might be until February, but you have to be ready very early, so the timeline is very short. Yeah. And in terms of uh, you know how the school, the, the uh, Harvard School of Business at the University of Miami, uh, operates to build in these things into its curriculum, into its experiences, so explain some of those elements. Uh, and how do you really learn these gaps that exist out there in the industry and build the program? Because what I often hear is that academy of works in its cycle, uh, and usually that we hear as arguments and you know for the Indian institutions or some foreign institutions. But how do you see at Herbert? How are you addressing that? Uh, it is a challenge. I mean, I, I don't mean to trivialize the challenge. I think it is really a, a challenging thing to know not just where the market is right now, but actually where the market is going to be three years down the line. I'm training you for skills that are going to be immediately relevant but also somewhat long-lasting so that you can actually have a reasonable toolkit as you progress through your career. So one of the things that we do is almost all of our programs have advisory boards that are composed of in, uh, comprised of industry agents. Right? So these are experts in industry. They can see where industry is going. So typically, we present the content of our programs, get feedback from them. And they'll say, you know, they'll give us feedback on, well, tweak this, this is not so relevant anymore. So let me give you a more concrete example. Um, we have the Deloitte Institute for Research and Practice and Analytics on campus. So we work very closely with Deloitte on what they see are the skills that are needed, especially for the business analytics profession. And so typically we get a lot of feedback. One of the things that we've been learning recently for example, is that it's not just about knowing the algorithms and the coding, it's also about knowing the technologies that are going to facilitate 
the analytics and the coding, right? So learning about cloud technologies, learning about mobile, learning about all these platforms is becoming increasingly important because you can't, you know, knowing which algorithm fits where and how to do this also makes a lot of a uh, lot of a difference. So we want to try and impart that as well. So we've now uh, included a whole slew of courses that add this technology layer on top of our business analytics code so the person can go into the market and leverage that. And we've also seen elsewhere in other programs that after the three to five year point, our analytics students were becoming product managers. They were no longer staying within the analytics team. So there was a significant portion that was going into product management. So we brought in some product management coursework into the curriculum as well. Okay. As electives, it's not required as a core, but this is something that we do constantly. So almost on an annual basis, we meet with our alumni, we meet with our employer partners to get feedback and then wind their way. So yes, we are elephants and we move slowly, but we do get the job done, especially in this regard, because otherwise it's very, very hard to place students. Yeah. And that's ultimately the driver of all of these things. Amazing. I think just reacting to that, I'm sitting here, uh, you know, running a small organization and trying to see how it fits. In terms of business analysts growing to the product manager role, in terms of the skills that you laid out, I would hire those people at any day. And in fact, we're looking for someone who actually has the technical understanding over the business understanding. Uh, so you, you was all you have to do is give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much uh, for you know organizing your thoughts around this topic, which is central to a lot of students looking for great business school programs like the one at Herbert. Mm -hmm. uh, and we look forward to doing more of these sessions and bringing a lot of value for the students who are following us. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Pleasure.